Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the Metaverse, Web3, and more. All on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Hey there, it's The Hash. It's Coindesk TV. I'm Zach Seward. We got Jensen Assey. We got Will Foxley. We got Wendy O. We got news to get to, folks. It's Saco Tuesday. Let's talk about some stuff. I'm going to toss it to Wendy. She has the first story of the day. What's up? I also just sighed within the first one minute and 20 seconds of going live. So you guys... We have to talk about this because it just keeps happening and you guys just keep doing it. Fake PayPal USD tokens pop up on several blockchains. Remember, you can build different types of tokens on many different blockchains, including Bitcoin. But please be cautious because there's a lot of fakes out there. So apparently there was around 70 fake versions of PYUSD that have launched on various networks, including Ethereum, BNB, Chain, and Base, which I believe that is Coinbase's native blockchain chain. And apparently the largest fake token minted on Ethereum has seen around 2.6 million in trading volume since its launch just minutes after PayPal announced the PYUSD launch. It pumped over 30,000% in the first eight hours, and it has now dumped more than 60% from its all-time high. Math is very hard. And I just want to let you guys know, to all the DGENs that are aping into this stuff, that are you know trying to make it all back in one trade, I salute you. But for the rest of us... Can we just stop getting hurt, guys? Can we just stop aping into this stuff? Because we're just going to get wrecked, okay? Will, you are shaking your head. I'm going to toss it to you. But I should have tossed it to Jen because she looks nicer than you today. Purple. But we'll give it to Purple. Will. Will's wearing a white she shirt on a white today. background. Like an yeah, amateur. Well, yeah, what is this? <laughs> Oops. I mean, I wore black last time. I don't know. I've got to switch it up. No, I didn't get rugged by this. And I don't think... Did you get rugged by this one day? Hopefully, you didn't purchase anything. Like This oh, is like no. a pretty typical... Good. Whoa. Okay. You scared me for a second there. Right. If you don't do anything, you can't get rugged. You're slowly getting rugged by fiat. So just you know, keep playing that game. It's 2% yeah. of or whatever, and you're fine. But Inverse. if you can go buy a fake token on Uniswap, a fake PayPal dollar doesn't really exist. Well, I think you have only yourself to blame. I mean, this is something that happens every time we have a huge token launch. When a big name comes in a space, there's always some sort of token. Uh, the Ethereum community has a lot of fun with this sometimes, where there's like pizza tokens or dog tokens launch. Those are always great, right? And it's kind of an expectation that you're going to get rugged or maybe you'll make some money. But when it comes to these sort of things, 
I think it's slightly more nefarious than the fact that they're taking advantage of people who think that there's like a legitimate project here and they want to buy into it and they just buy the wrong ticker. And then all of a sudden, all your money is gone. So pay attention when you're, when you're buying things. Like this happens in traditional finance as well, right? Like there's a new stock coming out to exchange and tickers look very similar. There's penny stocks out there and just make the wrong purchase. Obviously, a little bit more nefarious here because you're able to list your own token. Anyone can create something that's permissionless on Ethereum or one of these other blockchains. So a little bit different, but I think it's quite similar. And you know, just read the screen wrong, made a poor decision, Zach. Scammer's going to scam, opportunist's going to opportune. Uh, but yeah, that's a feature and a bug of permissionless systems, right? These are systems that don't require permission for you to build stuff. And that's a great thing. That's a great feature of the decentralized world in which crypto exists, right? But the flip side of that coin is that this happens. You get people who are you know, sticking a, uh, a name onto a token, sort of misrepresenting what that actually is, and seeking to gain profit from less than sophisticated traders. So this is something that you're always going to see, right? You see this when yeah, I think, Will, you're right to mention, right? When there's funny things that happen and all of a sudden there's these meme coins out there. The flip side of it is that you see these more bad intentioned projects also get launched seeking to take money from unsuspecting investors. Overall, I would say the benefits of permissionlessness outweigh the negatives, outweigh the downsides, right? This is an open system that anyone can participate in and is sort of a core tenet of why decentralized technologies are more inclusive and potentially more impactful than what we see in the current financial system. But of course, it comes with this as well. And a lot of the due diligence falls on individual investors who need to be able to make that decision around what's what. So that becomes a challenge. And we see it time and time again. Jen, what do you think? I think we all could have predicted this. It's been a day, I think, since the news announced. We have more than 66 fake tokens out there. It happened when Twitter became X. It happens all the time when we have big news. People spin up these tokens. It takes like less than 10 minutes to spin these up. And they get out there scamming and rugging people. I think it's important to note that PayPal's USD, their stablecoin, is only available to people in the US right now. And to get it, you have to have a PayPal account. You need to go in there, create an account, and then you can either convert your balance or buy PYUSD. I don't know why that's so difficult for me to say today. PYUSD by converting what's already in there or adding more money to your wallet. So that's how you get it. Okay. So don't get out there and get scammed. That's it. That's my public service announcement to everyone who's watching. Don't get wrecked out there. Well, I also think too, this is, I mean, I'm going to get some blowback for this, but I also think too, this is a good kind of litmus test to see people use their critical thinking skills. Because the only people that are buying these PYUSD tokens are going to be crypto people. It's not going to be like the normies. They're not going to know, they're, they're going to know to actually get this from PayPal. Like, I don't think that they would be well-versed enough to go to Uniswap or to go to whatever decentralized exchange we have and to get it. So I feel like this is all mostly degens. And then I just hope no normies are getting wrecked. I hope nobody's getting wrecked, but come on, guys. What should they have named the ticker? What's your, what's your fabled ticker number or name you give right now? But this is like, to me, when I read, to me, it's like Pi USD. I don't necessarily like it. Like it sounds... The favorite Go ahead, like, Zach. Yeah. Um, pay, yeah, I think we should just call it pie USD. Like pie. It's like a pie. I like what it is. Mm-hmm. I love a good pie. It's, it's What's your favorite delicious. pie? Will, Will, what's your favorite pie? I'm putting you on the spot. Ooh, I'm gluten-free, so I don't eat pie. Sorry. Oh, dang it. I knew that. How would I find terrible. Terrible. How would you find that? Yeah, get on over to LA. Get on over to any coastal town. You'll find a gluten-free pie. 
Pi USD. Pi USD. You can buy Pi USD. Q in the room for a second. It should have been PP USD. That would have been kind of funny, but they didn't run with it. So uh, I mean, okay. he said PP. It would have I been good. called it Pay Pay USD. That would have been better. Because right, well, like honestly, who who's our marketing? Come on, it's all right. Pi USD. We like pies. It's all good. Anyway, we're gonna talk about Pi USD some more, but in a different context. <laughs> Shall we? Let's. My story. We're talking about PayPal stablecoin. And in a thoughtful piece by Jesse Hamilton, one of the regulatory reporters at Coindesk, he was drawing key parallels to the whole Libra episode. Remember when Libra launched from Facebook and they faced immediate blowback from Capitol Hill? People apparently that Jesse talked to suggest that maybe, just maybe, some of that could be happening behind the scenes in Capitol Hill now. Drawing the parallel is certainly reasonable. But again, it's unclear if we're going to see that level of backlash that Libra faced when it launched all the way back in 2019 and ultimately never saw the light of day due in part to a lot of that blowback. I think the key difference here is that you have Congress people, McHenry in this instance, coming out and championing stable coins as a key part of the 21st century payments system. Not, not, that did not happen back in 2019 when uh, a big tech company issued or attempted to issue a stable coin of its own. So I think maybe the times have changed, but certainly whispers of Libra and DM seem to be echoing on Capitol Hill. Anyway, interesting development to see McHenry praise this thing almost immediately. And again, I think it suggests that maybe stable coin legislation is more likely to come to pass in DC relative to the, some of the other crypto related bills that are up for consideration. Well, I'm going to throw this your way. Very curious for your thoughts on this piece. Yeah, it's probably back to 2019. Uh, the original name for Meta's stablecoin was WorldCoin. It was like a 30-day window where that was out there. And then they changed to uh, Libra. There was a bunch of different projects building around this. We had Mark Zuckerberg going to Capitol Hill. Tons of crypto memes were born out of that you know, hour grilling where Mark Zuckerberg in his robotic suit was uh, you know, poked and prodded by Brad Sherman and the likes. It was good stuff. And then it failed because no one wanted to see Facebook now Meta have this sort of power, especially the Federal Reserve, which was looking at this and being like, hey, that could actually destabilize everything we're doing. You think about it, Meta, which has billions of users, I believe WhatsApp is one of the largest products in terms of users with like 2.4 billion users. Imagine like funds flowing on a project like that. It'd be very difficult for the Federal Reserve or one of these other agencies in Washington to understand the monetary system once you start having these cross-border payments swapping back and forth so fast. And I think that's sort of like the larger concern here. The smaller concerns, of course, are like the criminal angle, right? Like who's moving money? Is there money laundering? Is there sort of like nefarious activities going on? So they want to be smart about that. But that whole meta thing was like kind of kind of broke open the door for this to happen later, right? It took a few years. And I think it's going to take some further legislation to see something like this develop. But PayPal's moving in where Meta sort of made the first strides. Curious enough or funny enough, I guess, Meta has sort of abandoned the whole idea, right? They sold a lot of the architecture. They sold a lot of the ideas to a few different companies. And they disbanded that and they went right to the metaverse, which is not doing super hot right now. And now PayPal is walking in. They can boot something up. So props to them, Wendy. What I wanted to say about this is I think it's super interesting that they're very concerned about regulating stablecoins, but not actual crypto projects, because wouldn't that be like, isn't that the main focus is to protect retail and to make sure that we have positive regulation so that people can continue to build, contribute, not leave the US. So I'm not understanding why the SEC and some of the other public servants have pushed so hard against crypto asset companies, and then they kind of retract. And then when we get something like a stablecoin, they're like, we have to regulate. They want something super fast. 
So I'm not really understanding why we can't do both at the same time. And again, I don't like the stable coins. I don't think I don't like PayPal stablecoin in any way, shape or form. I think it's very predatory. I don't think that they're going to be very transparent in what this thing actually does. And I guess regulation for this stuff is good. But at the same time, I feel like we really need some sort of crypto guidelines to to help us continue to build and grow. But at the same time, we're not getting it. And it's also interesting to see Patrick McHenry come out and say this because aren't they supposed to be for liberty? Jen? I think it, yeah, I think it's a well, I, I'm going to leave the Patrick McHenry comment there. But I think it's just different times. And PayPal is a different company than Facebook or Meta is and was. I, th- I see a lot of similarities here between like institutional players getting into crypto and now PayPal getting into stablecoins. I think that it, ultimately it is going to push the industry forward. And I don't think that regulation is bad. I think that regulated products are important for mainstream adoption, for like regular average everyday Joes who want to get into crypto, who are really used to banking products, who have trust in PayPal's brand, who use applications like PayPal for day-to-day transactions to start to experiment with crypto. And then later on, they have the opportunity or the option to, like I said yesterday, get more and more decentralized. The head of strategy at Paxos on First Mover this morning and asked if maybe they were in conversations with platforms like X for products similar to this. And there was no outright no. The answer we got was that they have been in conversations with many of the big tech firms, many of the big financial firms on products like this. And so I think that that is really interesting given what happened with Facebook. So in in a way, I feel like Facebook kind of took a, a step forward so the rest of the industry could run when the time was right. And maybe now is when the time was right, Zach. Yeah, I think on the regulation side, like stable coins are most similar to what Washington already knows how to deal with, right? These are dollars sitting in a bank somewhere that are represented in tokenized form on various blockchains, can be sent across the world, easy peasy, right? And I think there needs to be more clarity around how they're treated, especially how they're taxed, right? Should stable coins be treated differently from how crypto assets are treated under the current uh, IRS guidelines, right? If that were to be the case, that stable coins are actually, you know, money, not assets, right? And you're not sort of implicated in sort of, um, taxation issues that you find with other crypto assets, I think that would be hugely a huge improvement and hugely important for how cross-border commerce gets done using stablecoins, whether it's PayPal's, whether it's USDC, whether it's Tether, whatever, you name it, right? So I think the similarity with existing sort of banking regulations is probably why Congress sees this as an opportunity to act, whereas on the other stuff, and we've seen this in other jurisdictions, DeFi is just way different, right? There's a whole other set of decisions that need to be made around that when you're, when you're doing on-chain finance. The stablecoin stuff feels a bit more comfortable, right? And so I think um, at least many people in the industry are hoping that the stablecoin legislation can provide some of that clarity for teams to build with stablecoins being a key part of how they do business. And I think that's probably what maybe hopefully this continues to sort of catalyze that conversation in DC with a big player, a big trusted player like PayPal stepping in. Uh, Will, wanted your thoughts. I think you guys have missed the biggest question here. And that is, has Mark Zuckerberg's brand revitalization going on right now made it possible for him to move forward with the stablecoin? I think it could. I feel like in 2019, no one liked Mark Zuckerberg. No one liked Facebook or Meta. So they weren't going to go along with this. But he's kind of doing well right now, right? He's got like this whole beef with Elon going on. He's got threads launching. I think there could be some room for it. I feel like Zuck is like a big... I feel like Zuck is like a big boomer and I think people are just making fun of him. I don't think they're really taking... I'm being serious. I don't really think they're taking him seriously. Like he's made so many poor business decisions with Facebook rebranding to Meta and the whole Web3 thing. Like they were going to hire people, then they wanted to retract it and then they did the stable coin and then something happened with that. So to me, the stable coin is kind of like 
That's why I have this on. I feel like it was pushed out and then pulled back on purpose. Um, Obviously, I don't have any evidence supporting that, but there's just, I don't know. I just feel like Zuck is just kind of there and no one's really taking him or anything he's doing seriously. Like The question though, Wendy, is have the good business decisions outweighed the bad ones? What good business decisions has, has, have they made? I mean, Instagram was cool for a while. They're a huge company. <laughs> no, yeah. Instagram is, What's uh, well, is like empowering great. communications for most of the world. But I feel like, but didn't didn't he buy those? Yeah, he bought uh, Instagram for like a billion dollars a long time ago. Yeah, but, but okay, hyper targeted so advertising. Hyper targeted advertising. Yeah, that's he didn't all good. Created though. Eh, potato, potato. You guys aren't going to believe it, but we got another banking report and they're talking about artificial intelligence. I would love to have one of these jobs, by the way, right? You just sit at your desk, you get snacks, you're living in FIDA, you get to take the subway to your job every day. <laughs> Life is great. And then you can sit there and just write complete wasteful articles that no one really cares about. But we're going we're gonna to talk about it because guess what? AI is here to stay. That's what Morgan Stanley is saying. Over the next 10 years, the AI will only become more important. And guess what? We're not going to a bubble with AI. According to historical trends of bubbles over time, AI does not have the peak to trough percentage gains over the last six months to mean that we are in a bubble as compared to other cycles. So this AI stuff is really here to stay, guys. Wendy, you're big on AI. I feel it. What did you, you take away from this report? Yeah, I don't like AI because I think AI is going to help institute UBI, which I think will be absolutely detrimental to humans globally. So I don't like that because humans have humans need to compete. Like that's just how we are made. We need to compete. So I don't like AI, but I know it's coming and I'm not going to fight it. And I'm going to grift along with the AI and make as much money as ethically as possibly because um, I think that it's here to stay. I do think it could potentially make jobs and make different things work better and work easier. But at the same time, I feel like there's no regulations. There's no one telling these people creating AI protocols and tools like what they can and can't do, which is probably why Gary Gensler from the SEC says he's putting crypto on hold and he's going to focus on AI, which I don't even know if that's part of his jurisdiction or not, because that's technology. But then again, we have the Agricultural Committee all over crypto. So I don't understand. AI. We love the AI. Yeah, the pivot to AI, man. Everybody in crypto going to AI, crypto funds, pivoting to AI. Hey, AI is not going anywhere. And I have this pet theory that like AI, autonomous agents, they are going to love crypto, right? Because they can't open bank accounts, but they can open a wallet. And when you have your 10 AIs making your life easier, you can tell one of those AIs to go spend some coins to get some stuff done. So I'm telling you, crypto is going to be the native currency of AI, and it's going to make crypto all the more important. So but we already have out. trading bots. We already out. have trading bots. AI trading bots. But do you really want something? Do you want a machine to have access to like to execute transactions for you? That's a scary part about it because I mean, you have to understand the people that are creating this code, they still have different types of emotions and who knows if it's a, a malicious, if it's good, like what the intent is and who knows if there's going to be a backdoor there. Could there's be. there's things that make me nervous, man. I don't trust people. We're supposed to trust and verify and or not trust and verify ourselves and do all these things in crypto. But then again, we're just aimlessly putting all our business out there. I don't like it. I'm going to give a hundred bucks to Gigabrain AI trading bot. And it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Five years from now, it's going to be amazing. That's all I got to say. Boom. All right, Jen, what do you think? Uh, my note here says, thanks, Morgan Stanley. Like, thanks for coming out after all the big headlines have taken over after we've seen AI have been discussed from a regulatory standpoint and say AI is actually the thing that 
we should be focusing on over the next 10 years. I, I agree with all of you. I think that AI and blockchain are probably going to underpin like the next version of the internet, but I don't know. This report didn't really tell me much, but let's, let's move on, shall we? Let's talk about Binance. We haven't spoken about them in a while, which is a surprise as they face regulatory uncertainty in many different jurisdictions all over the world. Now they have received two licenses to operate in El Salvador, making it now licensed to operate in 18 countries. In a statement, the company said it now has a Bitcoin service provider license and a non-provisional digital asset services provider license, which will allow the exchange to expand its product and services offering in the country. I believe it's the first exchange to get that second license in El Salvador. Will, I'll toss it off to you. What do you make of this for Binance? Binance move into another country, not super surprising. I mean, they've been slapped around from a few different jurisdictions, but they're constantly growing. And that's sort of been the strategies from day one, right? Like, let's get into as many jurisdictions as possible. I love the angle here with El Salvador and Binance, though, because we need to have more adoption. And I think it did work to some degree in El Salvador, like the launch of Chiva Wallet and like the onboarding of Bitcoin to the country as legal tender. But like a lot of the key infrastructure, which just wasn't there. And frankly, Binance does have it. Like I've spoken with many, many people in different countries around the world who don't really have banking infrastructure around them, but they do have a cell phone and they do have the ability to onboard to Binance and they do have the ability to go purchase tokens on Binance and use that as their bank account. So if you have Binance moving into El Salvador and it's all set up and approved by the government and they can be there to stay for a while, well, look, you just onboarded an entire banking system that can be used by anyone agnostically within the country, very simply. So I applaud Binance for moving forward with this. And I hope that it's all steady waters going forward. We definitely see a lot of people on crypto Twitter, especially like the Bitcoin Maxi front, who are very inclined to uh, cheering for Binance to go under. And I think that would be a huge loss, right? Because Binance at its core is bringing useful internet infrastructure for banking to different people around the globe. And I think that's something to cheer on. I think that's something that's very much so in line with Bitcoin's ethos. There might be problems behind the books. Who knows? Like that's always speculated. But for now, I'm seeing this as like a very positive headline. Zach? Yeah, no, well said. And I think you're right, right? This uh, expands the access to people in El Salvador who were onboarded into a Bitcoin system. You're right, without, without some of that key infrastructure in place. So they're able to choose how they interact with the digital asset ecosystem a bit more fully now that this is in place, right? So um, the fact that Binance, again, has its legal woes and is jumping from jurisdiction to jurisdiction seemingly as regulators close in. Yeah, that's background. But I think you're right. The providing access again to this, uh, this market where there probably is heightened adoption, given that Bitcoin is legal tender there, is super relevant and interesting. We haven't heard much about El Salvador recently. I feel like President Bukele, I believe, has been rather quiet of late. So it is also interesting to see El Salvador in the headlines getting a pretty key partner on the exchange side and providing liquidity for some of the people who have Bitcoin there now. So yeah, interesting to see. I don't know. Wendy, what do you think? I think this is absolutely fantastic. We see so much negative information or headlines regarding Binance, which I think some of them are, you know, paid FUD for. I think that some of them are justified. I understand that they are going through some legal stuff, which I get, you know, nobody's perfect. But at the same time, um, I feel like Binance has done a very, very big service to the entire crypto industry and especially to Bitcoin too. Like it offers a lot of different trading products and services to people on a global scale. I think that they're doing the best that they can to stay regulated. And generally the most popular people or the most popular companies always end up under the most heat. Um, and again, not saying that, you know, they're perfect, they've done everything well, but this 
move is a big deal. And I think that this is going to help a lot of other people um, be able to actually use Bitcoin and to use crypto and to facilitate transactions. I remember Will said something a couple months back about some people in unbanked areas are actually utilizing Binance as a form to pay their bills or to get, you know, send money back and forth. And I think that that's absolutely amazing. Again, they're not perfect. Nobody is. But I think we should celebrate the, the, the many victories we have and then hold them accountable if they do bad things. And we're waiting to see that happen in court. All right. We'll close it on that note. Thanks to you all for being here. I'm Zach Seward. We got Wendy. Oh, we got Will Foxley. We got Jen Sanassi. We're The Hash. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcast at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. 